0: Hello, and welcome to Sportsbeat After Hours. <coughs> Perfect health. I am your host, Hemhe Mooley Jr., and we are back with Sportsbeat After Hours, and I am back with my co-host, or we're both co-hosts, I guess, my local lovable Canuck, the man from the Great White North, Zachary Hicken.
1: Hema I'm gloved up I'm masked up <laughs> we're safe in the studio we are safe it's good to be back in the sports after our studios it's been a long time four months to be exact and Has four, it months, been four months yeah. I thought we we well, recorded like a one-off episode a few months ago it was after or right before the NFL draft right
0: I don't when was the NFL draft? It feels April? like a year ago. So I think the yeah. last time we recorded was That's back right. in April. That's right.
1: We haven't done anything since. Um, We've been very busy, and we'll get to that later. We'll talk about right. everything that we've been up to since. But the reason that we're back is because the Jazz are back, and bu- 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 basketball yes. is back. And uh, the Utah Jazz are now in the NBA bubble um, down in Orlando. They've been there for what? I think a little uh, more than a few a weeks week. i think i think it's been about 10 days
0: okay a i think they weeks. left
1: on okay so i think it um, i think it's been 10 or 11 days now okay i think they left on a tuesday or wednesday i can't remember exactly but anyway they're down there they're getting ready to play their first scrimmage games are going to start this week mm-hmm. and then a week from thursday they're going to kick off the season we're also going to preview that we're this is a two part episode we're going to preview that um that game against New Orleans, the Pelicans, um, next Monday. So yeah, uh, make sure you guys tune in for that. But um, let's get started with the Jazz themselves, okay? Okay. The biggest topic, the biggest question mark going into the bubble is what is going on with Bojan Bogdanovic. Obviously, he's out. Yep. How are the Jazz going to adjust? How are the Jazz going to play without Bojan? Um, and the big reason... Or, this is a major adjustment to the jazz style of play for this season because when he uh, gets up and down the floor, he uses the most fast break transitions. He shoots more than fifty percent from the corner three; he's one of the top mm-hmm. three point shooters in the league. So he kind of spreads the floor a little bit. Yeah. But we also saw that he was struggling at the rim; he was struggling to um, drive, and you know he's also not like the best defender. So maybe this gives more minutes to um, a guy like Royce. And a guy like Joe, who, you know, Joe is very similar. I'd say that Joe is a little bit more impactful on the defensive end. Uh Um, He's a little bit more pesky. Uh, He kind of bothers people a little bit more. Not necessarily that he's a better defender, but he finds ways to kind of get it done. How is it going to affect a guy like George Niang? True. um, On the second unit. You know, he usually only gets like 12 minutes per per game. Is he going to maybe bump that up to like 15 to 18? Right. Um, Is Emmanuel Moutier going to be a factor? How is it going to impact Mike Conley and Donovan? Um, So there's so many question marks. The one thing that we have heard from the Jazz is that they are planning to go very up-tempo. They're going to try and go a little bit small. I think we'll maybe see Tony Bradley factored in a little bit more um, in lineups than we normally would. And maybe they'll use some of these um, young rookies that they have uh, like Jarrell Brantley mm-hmm. um, in games I th- I think Jarell Brantley has a terrific future in for the sure. NBA I think that he's gonna be a rotation player eventually this might be a chance for him to uh kind of um well he's not gonna waste his shot <laughs> I like that yeah
0: um I think I think you're absolutely right I think Tony Bradley you know even uh Rudy gobert said that Tony Bradley is the best he's ever seen him right Mm -hmm. so tony bradley's improved a lot uh one person i'm really hoping gets a lot of rotation minutes with the first squad actually ever since quinn said that they were going to go up tempo small ball quick i'm thinking jordan clarkson's going to get a lot of minutes hopefully oh yeah i hope so because he's he's good on the defensive side now all these guys we say they they're obviously no replacement for Boyan because Boyan is one also one of the clutchest nba players of this well this past season before the yeah. interruption two right? game
1: winning shots this year
0: and so um can clarkson can moody can you know mike conley even like take some of that production uh we'll see i mean also yeah. it's been so long since anyone's really played so um there's a lot of question marks to be to be answered but i think uh i'm just excited because i think this jazz team is going to um I think they're going to make some noise out in Orlando. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, If they get bounced early, that'll be awful for us. (laughs) Right. But, uh, yeah, I think um, there's a lot of people that could potentially step into this role, earn minutes, and it's a good opportunity for all of them.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited to see. I think Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley, and Donovan Mitchell are going to see their roles change a little bit. I think yeah. Conley's going to see a little bit more usage. Maybe we see Clarkson rather than coming off the bench as, like, the first guy off. Maybe he gets moved into the starting rotation. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we see Joe play off the ball a little bit more, and maybe he plays some minutes with, like, Moutier and Clarkson, like, kind of handling like yeah. point guard duties. Um, and he kind of plays that uh, role that Bojan did where he's, like, camping out in the corner um, and... Uh, just doing, like, the catch-and-shoot thing rather than creating. I mean, um, luckily, it's not something that, like, happened once they got down there in the bubble and now they have to adjust. Like, they've known about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. They've been able to kind of prepare. Quinn is just a brilliant coach scheme-wise. And so he's been able to prepare for how he thinks what lineups. I mean, he knows this team so well. And I know Quinn said that This is kind of an interesting situation because um, they came into the season with so many new guys that it was kind of like when they entered um, training camp before the season started, it was kind of like teaching everybody everything for the first time. Yeah. But now they're kind of going over it and they're like, okay, we remember. And he's able to install more packages um, and more, uh, you know, like inbound plays, more um, half court sets, more stuff in transition, more like, yeah, fast break plays. And there's a level of comfort that wasn't there before. And so the Jazz also kind of have a little bit of a benefit with Utah um, easing restrictions earlier than some of these other big cities. True. They've kind of gone through that whole reconditioning on the court thing and they were able to get to five on five faster. Maybe we'll see this as a benefit um, once games actually start back up.
0: That's true. I never thought about that. You know, Quinn is probably. I think time was nothing but kind to him because, you know, yeah. we also not only does he know the personnel we're using with the jazz, he already, you know, foresaw the surgery that was scheduled for Boyan to fix his wrist. But he also knows who's going into the bubble and who's going to be there and who mm-hmm. we're going to match up again. So I think you're right. I think that's a that's a good point. And that does make me feel better, actually, um, about our chances. And you know what? Even if we win the title and it has an asterisk on it, worth it. I don't care.
1: Yeah, no, totally it totally I mean, I think in some ways that asterisk, you know, should kind of be taken off because this is such a weird, unique circumstance. Like, true to um, to win in this, like a lot of things have to go right. Now, you know, it could mean that a lot of things go wrong for other teams, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of things would have to go right for the team that ultimately ends up on top. Um, now, it would be great if it was the Jazz. Do I think it's likely? No, no, but. You know, depending on the matchup that they get in the playoffs, potentially they could make a little bit of a run um, and s- set themselves up for something next year. Yeah. And the reason why we're looking forward to, like, next year, like, the next two years are going to be the pivotal years for the Jazz. And I know that it's always next year, next year, next right, year. Right. But it's like LeBron's been in the league for 17 years now. He's got to slow down sometime. You know, is it going to be year 18, 19? Possibly. Yeah. Um, is, is a guy like – and you know, the Clippers experiment could potentially blow up if Kawhi and Paul George don't win a championship. I could see Kawhi bolting to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Maybe, and, you know, it would be interesting if, and I know this this is just spewing, but, like, you know, maybe Kawhi's unhappy and he goes over to the Lakers after two years with the Clippers and he doesn't win a championship, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so we just don't know. Like, there's so much movement in the NBA. I mean, we even heard rumors with the Jazz this offseason that, like, the jazz were well the teams were uh think looking at the possibility of like picking up Rudy Gobert because of like the tension that was existing between between Donovan and Rudy. And guess what's funny about that? Is the second like we get back to basketball, all of those stories disappear. Gone. Like no yeah. one's talking about it anymore <laughs> because that was the only thing that we could focus on. And right. it was a major, major story. Yeah. Um but like things just kind of have a way of working themselves out like once you're on the court and like you're able to communicate and like you know winning solves everything right you winning know
0: solves everything playing you know brushes a lot of this news aside and yeah i think you're right i think uh now we're focusing on the this like the last week and a little bit without basketball i think everyone's just pumped to see What's going to
1: happen in Orlando? Yeah, One of the things that I've been pumped to see coming out of Orlando is just like what's going on in the bubble. Yeah. And so (laughs) like so him and I were talking about this earlier before we came on the air. And it's like I would. So I think there's only like 20 reporters across the entire country that are in there. Mm -hmm. Um, Ben Anderson had Kyle Goon. He was a former jazz beat writer. Uh, formerly with the Salt Lake Tribune, um, he's now working for I believe the Orange County Register, covering their Lakers. So he's down in the bubble, and he was talking about it, and it's just like he said, like he would like go out for a walk and see guys like uh, like LeBron James, like out riding right. a bike, or Giannis, like you know riding his bike, or like people out for like jogs, and like it just sounds to me like NBA summer camp, and like all these like exactly. NBA players just like hanging out or like. You know, like the This Is Sports Center commercials where they kind of make it seem like the players are always hanging out up in Bristol at Uh the ESPN headquarters? Like, I feel like that's, like, this but in real life. Like, could you imagine just, like, going out to, like, a restaurant and, like, (laughs) you walk in and, like, sitting at one table is, like, LeBron and Anthony Davis and J.R. Smith and JaVel McGee. And you look over at, like, another table and it's, like, Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson (laughs) and at another table it's, like... Giannis and yeah. like his brother and you know, like that would be pretty crazy. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool.
0: Uh I think you dude, NBA summer camp sounds so dope and I would sign up for that in a heartbeat.
1: Like the one thing that I'm really curious about is so I know like the the players from like separate teams aren't really supposed to like interact or anything, but like how much like um scheming is going on? Oh, like how much tampering? tampering? Yeah. <laughs> Like, Dude, all of the tampering like, is happening. So I was listening. I can't remember, and I'm sorry for not citing exactly who I heard it from. I think it may have been Malika Andrews. Anyway, it was on the ESPN Daily podcast, and whoever the reporter was was talking about how, like, there's, like, this one restaurant that's, like, super popular with, like, the players, and so they're all, like, huh. they're all usually, there. like, going there to go, like, get food before or after practice, and so, like, yeah. you just go down there. Or, like, in the lobby, they're kind of, like, hanging out and so like you just got to imagine like there's stuff going on and like we're seeing videos of like you know like the jazz players like um like guys like miayoni and like nigel williams goss and Drell brantley like they're just hanging out at the arcade and they're just playing like air hockey every day (laughs) and so like i'm sure like they're a little bit bored like you know yeah just like not being able to like go out and do their own thing but like they have a lot of stuff that they can do and I'm sure it's a lot of fun. Lot and of, I'm sure guys from different teams are like matching like meeting up and like talking about like some possibilities. Show.
0: It's it like you said, it's just like at summer camp where, you know, they I mean they're they're building a, a barber shop for Pete's sake. Yeah. Like in the middle of the 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 park. Yeah. You know? It's just it's random and I think uh, dude if you think tampering is not going on, you need to, like, wake up. And, you yeah. know, it's it. Tampering happens, I think, all the time. Because, I mean, even if they... Let's say they weren't in the bubble and it was just normal a normal day. Dude, they play, you know, Call of Duty against each other all the time. And, like, yeah. uh, you know, Fortnite or, I don't know, whatever the kids play. Yeah. And uh, you don't think they're talking about stuff. They're, you don't think they're making friendships uh, that will, they hope, eventually lead to the basketball court. Yeah. Yeah, so it's... Yeah.
1: yeah, I'm just waiting to see who the new Banana Boat crew is. So, um, yeah, like, I want to know who LeBron's talking to. I want to know who, sure. like, Kawhi's talking to. And um, I guess, like, Kyrie and Kevin Durant aren't there. But, you know, like, guys like that, like, who's Giannis talking to? Like, right. that's the biggest question. Like, who is Giannis meeting up with? Who's Russell Westbrook meeting up with? Mm-hmm. Who's James Harden meeting up with? Who are the Jazz players meeting up with? Yeah, Probably no one. it is. Of consequence, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, it's. Uh, I've also enjoyed like all the little videos that like snippets that are like showing up on Instagram. Yeah, what's the it's, account like, that you follow? That, I think it's like NBA Bubble Life or okay, something like that. Yeah. where they and just they're basically all just the like stuff. taking like screen recordings of like all the stuff that NBA players are posting? And man, some of the stuff's funny. Like we got like like uh, Jordan Clarkson was like shotgunning a beer <laughs> yeah. the other day um, with uh, who was it that he. Uh, I think it was Royce, right? Yeah, it was Royce and Jordan Clarkson. Thank you. Um, and so he was, like, shotgunning a beer because, like, J.J. Reddick shotgunned a beer. Uh-huh. And, like, I can't remember everyone who did. And, like, the stuff with, like, Tobias Harris and um, right. Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> and, like, was, all this stuff is just so funny. And, again, it's, like, all these NBA superstars are, like, in this just little bubble. Yeah. And just seeing, like, them interact on social media is just so entertaining. Like, it's cool. It is just, like... It's so bizarre. Like I almost feel like it's like the Hunger Games, but like without violence. You know, like
0: they're bonding before, like with the trainings. And yeah, stuff? we're just
1: like all watching everything. Well, yeah, and I guess like you know they're eventually going to start eliminating each other. That's true. Um, I like that. Yeah, Love it's that. the NBA Hunger Games. <laughs> we're gonna have to incorporate yeah, that into some sort of like Sports Beat After Hours meme. That's a great idea. Um, anyway, it's been it's been a lot of fun to uh, yeah just watch everything and. I'm just excited for games to get started up again. We're we're just a little over a week away, Yeah. and I can't wait. Like, the countdown is on. Um, in fact, the Jazz have scrimmages this week. Mm-hmm. Um, now, these are games of no consequence. I think they're going to be shortened games, these exhibition format games. Mm. They're not going to be like a full 48-minute game, but they're playing the Suns, the Heat, and the Nets. Yeah. Um,
0: Which are great matchups, I think, because I mean, you know, the the Suns we face them all the time. The Heat, you know, as of the end of it's not last season. Do you say this season? The end, like the yeah towards yeah, the end this of season. this season, right? Yeah. You know, there was the whole Rudy versus uh, what's his face from the Heat. Bam Adebayo, yeah, Adebayo, yeah. like that whole uh, rivalry. So it'll be exciting to to watch for sure. Just the the matchups, and even if it's not like a real game that will be good to see.
1: Well, it's going to be good for the Jazz because they'll be able to incorporate guys like, you know, like Jarrell Brantley, mm-hmm. um, some of these guys who haven't gotten a lot of time. Maybe we see George start getting a few more minutes um, just because, you know, these are games of no consequence. They don't have anything to do with the standings. The Suns already aren't great. The Nets, like, you're going to see guys who don't get a lot of minutes normally probably get a bunch of minutes because, one, it's going to be the last game before, like, things actually ramp up. And, two, like, the Nets are just completely decimated. Like, I think they're, like, short, like, six or seven guys. And, like, even guys that they're signing have had to, like, leave the bubble or, like, they've had to, like, re-sign other guys. So it's been pretty crazy for them. Um, Yeah, but I'm just excited for things to get started back up. I know I've said that, like, five times. But, like... Really, it has been a long four months. Dude,
0: it's like the light at the end of the tunnel. Like, we know in our minds that NBA is like, well, technically MLS was the first, you know. uh, But they
1: aren't considered, like, a major, like, one of the four major leagues. Like, I think that they're climbing and I think that there's potential that they're going to be there. But they just don't carry the same buzz. Like, for example, like, our service that we use to, like, pull in video, Mm -hmm. like, we're getting Dude, we're know. getting exhibition footage from, like, Major League Baseball games, but, like, we can't even get, like, real MLS games, like, on yeah. this service. So it's just stuff like that that, you know, soccer is definitely growing in popularity. There have been some great games in the MLS's back tournament. There's been some great games in the NWSL Challenge Cup. True. Um, but it just had you know, it's still it's, yeah coming up.
0: Right. And so, yeah, with NBA becoming, like, the light at the end of the tunnel, we know that – after that, hopefully, football is just around the corner. Yeah. And uh, I don't know, man. I have an uneasy feeling about all the footballs, right? Like high school, college, yeah. NFL. I don't know what to think yet.
1: So I I think that the NBA has perfected this bubble idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I Everyone that you've heard from, like, they were kind of uneasy about it. But once they got there, they're like, this is – very safe. This is as safe as it can get. Like they feel very comfortable down there.
0: And to be fair, there's markedly less people involved.
1: Yes. Now something like the NFL. um, I know there's a lot of concern right now from players because uh, the NFL um, had like health officials create a plan for them and they're kind of like already like going against the plan that was created. I mean, rookies are supposed to be reporting for training camp later today quarterbacks and injured players, I think, on Wednesday, and then the rest of the roster by Friday. Mm -hmm. We saw this whole um, campaign started by the NFL Players Association today. Well, I guess, sorry, yesterday if you're listening on Monday. On Sunday, the hashtag, we want to play, and they're kind of complaining about how there's been a lack of communication. Mm -hmm. They feel like the guidelines have kind of been broken, and they want to play, but they just want to make sure that they feel safe. And I don't think that's the case yet with NFL um, players. Yeah. Now it is possible that um, potentially the NFL um, is able to figure out something that's gonna work. and you know like my idea is like you kind of do like these um, offshoot like bubbles. okay. So you have like 32 teams in the in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, you break it off into like eight bubbles. of four teams. And they play at like one site um, for three weeks. The eight teams play at one site. So so the four teams play at eight bubble sites. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so the four team pods play at eight bubble sites. sites. Um, And they do that for three weeks and then they all have a buy and then they test during this time. They travel to their next bubble site and then they play their next Mm, interesting. Three games, and so they do that, and it would cut out a couple of games. Right. You do that five times to get fifteen games out of it, um, and then you'd be able to start the playoffs after that. I think. Th- I mean, this is obviously just Speculate. total like yeah. speculation. Like, I mean, this would re- they would really have to like lock stuff down. Like, they would have True. to like, you know, get like potentially like one or two separate hotels per site. Um, like, yeah. Test like the bus drivers who are taking them in. Like, it'll be. It would be really hard to do, but that's, like, the way that you could, like, ultimately ensure safety for, like, everyone involved. It's, yeah, it's a start for and sure. And the NFL is big enough that they could pull something like this off. Yeah. Um, And so it'll be interesting to see what plan they come up with. Like, I feel like once they get to training camp, the players are going to be pretty safe because, like, where else are they going to go? Like, right. you don't really leave training camp. It's, like, once they kind of disperse and, like, get ready for the season, like, yeah. how do they handle things? I know, like, Russell Wilson was, like, hey my wife's pregnant like yeah. we have young kids like they're concerned there's a whole lot of other players that you know that have family members who are sick who have um other uh, uh other medical issues that are like have them concerned and so yeah um it'll be interesting
0: i hope i hope they work something out i know i understand it's tricky cuz like the trickiest part's got to be you know teams from different states, those you know, different states have different restrictions. Right. So it's, like, a lot of the California teams, like, can they gather? Like, who, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like, so, like,
1: like, here in Utah, like, they could potentially have fans in the stands for, like, right. if there was a game played here. Right. I guess we don't have an NFL team. Three years, um, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, like, in California or, like, New York, like, yeah, you like know. Where are they
0: going to, what's going to, how they're are not they going to have any fans there? Right.
1: And so it's going to be interesting I know, I think it was Jacksonville released a plan that they're going to have, like, 20% capacity at their games. Wow. Um, so, I, I expect if we see fans in the stadiums, it's going to be between 20 to 40%, depending on the state. Right. Um, depending on the local guidelines and stuff like that. And, yeah, like, that's just for the NFL, though. Like, man, college football is just a whole different story. I mean, yeah. we saw everything that happened with BYU there's no central governing body Mm -hmm. for the NCAA. Like, there's different amounts of money that go out to, like, different conferences. Like, you know, the SEC is, like, on one end of the Power 5 spectrum. The Pac-12 is on a whole nother. And then you have Group of Five, which is just making, like, a very small fraction of what these Power 5 teams are. And so, like, how can you really control testing for it? Like, sure. You know, I feel like, fortunately, for our local FBS programs, like, I feel like they're all well off enough that they could make it work obviously yeah. with Utah being in the PAC 12 BYU being a self-sustaining independent. And then mm. like, if you're in a group of five conference, like I feel like the mountain West is like the place to be. So like Utah state, yeah, I feel like should pos- be okay. Place. And is in a good position, but,
0: and, but I mean, we say that and it doesn't apply to all sports even, where we're just talking about football. Right. Cause yeah. I mean like a lot of the other auxiliary sports in the group of five schools are in trouble. And even worse, like the FCS schools, man, like Jeremiah Jensen said this earlier tonight or earlier on Sunday where he's like a lot of the F- SCS school are going to be in trouble. Yeah. Um. I mean, we already saw that a lot of the East Coast conferences so like the Ivy League playing. canceled football. Yeah. I
1: think the colonial um, sorry, fall sports as a whole. And so, right. yeah, like football is kind of what like brings in the money for those programs. And it's what makes it so other programs can compete. Like we saw what happened with Stanford. They cut, I believe, 11 varsity sports. They Mm -hmm. went from 36 to 25. Now, that's still more than – so, like, for example, like, BYU has 21 sponsored varsity sports. Utah has 20. And Utah State has 16. So it's still way more than most other schools. But, like, a lot of sports that they cut – this is concerning for, like, international students because – That's how they're getting scholarships to play, um, to go to school in the United States, where they normally wouldn't have that opportunity. And to be fair,
0: like you know, Stanford had a lot of these sports, like that. A lot of schools don't have, like fencing Mm -hmm. and garbage, like (laughs) not garbage, but you know, (laughs) unique stuff, Olympic sports, Olympic sports, yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, um, it's just it's going to be interesting to see the economic impact on college sports, and we're already starting to see that. Um, kind of start to unfold, but like, I don't think we're going to get the full picture probably for like another year or so. Um, once like you know, they have like another calendar year with all this going on, um, without ticket sales, without um, I, I, the TV contracts I'm sure are going to be pretty similar, but like mm-hmm. the, the game contracts that are going to have to be bought out and stuff like that. So it's going to be very interesting. Um, yeah, and then you know, high school is going to be just like. Man, I don't even know. Like, I, I feel more confident in a weird way. I know this sounds weird, but I, f- I feel that high school is more likely to happen. I feel like there's less of a chance that it's interrupted. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like they're going to put some sort of, like, uh, like, rules in place where, like, there's only, like, two – um fans allowed per player in the stands. Right. Like something like, like that. Family only or something. Like family like that. only, yeah. like no students, no just like random community members. They're gonna limit the number of people on the sidelines. But I feel like in some way we're gonna have a full season of high school football throughout the state. Now it could be, you know, all two way schools like yeah. Duchesne and Milford, you know, some weeks are like the only two teams playing. But
0: and we have to, you know, like kind of like with college football in the states, you know, it kind of depends on counties, right? Yeah. What counties allow their, their, what restrictions to slide or whatever. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. I do. I, and I, it's interesting, but like I, I hope high school sports happen more than the rest of them, if that makes sense. Like I hope high school sports happen because. You know, a lot of these kids that play sports, this is this is as far as it'll go, right?
1: Right, like they don't have a chance to make up for this. Like NFL yeah. players, like they still have contracts. Um, uh, NCAA, like college football players, like there's going to be some sort of rule that's going to be implemented where sure. they'll still maintain a year, the year of eligibility that they lost. Mm-hmm. But for high school football players, like we saw what happened in the spring with like baseball, soccer, softball, yeah. tennis, golf, like. A lot of those athletes lost their final year of competition, and fortunately, they were able to make up for it with like some sort of tournament. But it's still like not the same as like yeah. getting that full season in. And it was really like the, like the r- carpet was just like yanked out from underneath Said. them. It was really unfortunate.
0: Yeah, yeah. and so I hope I hope the the high school season uh, actually goes through. I, I hope for the sake of those kids for it, sure.
1: Plus, it's like my favorite thing. It's so cover. fun. Like yeah. it's so fun, and like we get so hyped about like these kids who. You know, like, are just doing, like, such great things on, like, Friday nights, like, under the Friday night lights. So it's a lot of fun. Um, We're excited for Game Night Live. I think we're three weeks away from the first week of the season. Oh, wow. Okay,
0: cool. I like it.
1: So hopefully things go off without a hitch. If you're listening to this, like, when you were going out in public, like, wear a mask, socially distance. Encourage others to do the same so we can get football back so your kids can play football And uh, yeah, we're excited. But hey, we're going to take a quick break. We are going to be joined now by the one and only Mitch Harper. He's our BYU Mm. insider for KSLSports.com. We're going to talk to Mitch about some of these things that are going on with the coronavirus pandemic, how it's affecting BYU football, both positively and negatively. Yes, BYU may benefit from this. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. And we're happy to be joined now on the Sports Beat After Hours podcast by BYU Football Insider for kslsports.com. Mitch Harper, Mitch, how you doing today, man?
2: Doing great, guys. I'm glad to be back on the Sports Beat After Hours. It's been a minute, so it feels good to be back.
1: Yeah, I think the last time we had you on, um it was kind of under like dire circumstances when Kobe passed away. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it was it's been a long time, but uh, glad to be back. Congrats on your guys' reboot now that sports are coming back into <laughs> high gear it's uh, good to have sports beat out after hours back as well
1: yeah this is the out of quarantine edition so um we got a lot to talk about though starting off with BYU football uh big news the last couple of weeks five games stopped from or dropped from the Cougars schedule uh Mitch what what do you think they're going to do to figure this out
2: yeah I, I think BYU is making every effort possible to make a season happen, uh, you know BYU is. I think looked at the COVID nineteen with the, the the fact that they want to ha- they're going to put all the resources necessary to keep student athletes healthy, but at the same time they want to have a season because I think as we all know, uh, it's so critical for these college athletic departments to have football because it funds everything else. So I think BYU is going to have a uh, do everything they can to have a season. Now political pressures could possibly sway and derail college football from happening this fall, but it won't be at fault of BYU from not trying. So I expect the Cougars to to get some games. I mean, the report about BYU and Alabama is fantastic. Uh, we're hearing that Tom is supposed to talk on BYU TV coming up sometime soon, maybe tomorrow on Monday. Uh, so we'll, we'll kind of see where things go with this, and, and I think that BYU – Uh, it's going to somehow some way put together a football schedule and hopefully we get to see it play out.
0: That's awesome and Mitch real quick do you think uh, if this Alabama matchup is going to happen and you know all sources tell us that it's likely to happen do you think that could set off a chain reaction to where we fill the other holes in the schedule with SEC teams?
2: Yeah I think it's possible I think that BYU the thing that works for BYU is that uh they're willing to meet the protocols necessary that any league will set out in terms of testing and what the NCAA is putting out you know BYU is in a situation where unlike group of 5 or FCS teams they they financially can provide the necessary testing protocols to adhere to these leagues so that's where BYU i think financially and well and scheduling wise can be uh benefit benefit from this covid-19 and that's why you could potentially see BYU playing Alabama because I know the Crimson Tide uh, potentially wanted to get maybe just an FCS game on the docket. have a pay, a buy game, but the FCS schedules, uh, those programs aren't really able to afford these testing protocols right now. And that's going to be something that could potentially impact that. So lucky for BYU, they might have the chance to go to Tuscaloosa and play the Crimson Tide. And, you know, maybe Texas A&M could be in the mix as well. I know Texas A&M's AD Mention BYU by name when talking about programs that have openings on the schedule. And and obviously it helps with BYU, too, that they have ESPN right alongside them. So BYU is willing financially to commit to things, but also have a great TV partner as well to make both parties happy and make a a great television event for whichever game lines up.
1: So I guess the next question that we want to know is, how is BYU going to match up with this Crimson Tide? I mean, obviously – Alabama is just an absolute powerhouse. But what opportunity are these guys going to have? Like, is there a chance? Is there a chance, Mitch? <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I think there's always a, a chance, you could say, right? Against uh, college football, anything can happen, especially if maybe we see limited capacity uh, or attendance numbers at uh, Bryant-Denny Stadium, assuming that it would play in Tuscaloosa. But, you know, I, I think that one thing I will feel confident in saying is that BYU – will show out a lot better against Alabama than they did three years ago against LSU if this game does in fact happen. Because I saw that brought up on social media saying, you know, why would BYU fans be cheering this? You're not even get past the 50-yard line. Hey, that was the worst BYU football offense I think any of us have ever witnessed back in 2017. I feel pretty confident in saying this offense for BYU will look a lot better than what they did in 2017. But I mean, yeah, Alabama's the gold standard, though, when it comes to college football. They'll be probably in the top three in the AP poll at the beginning of the season. Uh, they're just a machine, and the, the type of talent they get is just something to the level which BYU truly has never seen uh, under Kalani Satake. Well, I mean, the closest being LSU, but this is even another level, in my opinion, when you're talking about literally the whole too deep is five- and four-star recruits. Uh, BYU has, by comparison, four uh, players that were four-star recruits. Uh, There's a huge disparity in that regard. But you can't tell me that guys like Kyrus Tonga and Matt Bushman wouldn't be hyped at the opportunity to get film against a program like Alabama because if those guys have a huge day, like say Bushman goes off for nine catches and, you know, 100 yards, uh, he's going to be rising up NFL draft board just because it's against Alabama, It's, it's against Nick Saban. Uh, BYU has faced many great coaches in the history of BYU football over the year, but none are probably tougher to go up against than that of Nick Saban. So it would be a remarkable test. I don't think BYU would come out victorious, guys, but I mean, just because Alabama is such a talented team, but they do have a new quarterback. It's the era post Tua Tagovailoa, so maybe there's some opportunity in a week one setting, but uh, you know, it's just that's the type of but that's the type of game though you want to play because Kalani Sitake has always said he wants to measure himself up against the best, and and BYU as Colin Coward said they're never willing to shy away from playing great teams, and that's what truly has made BYU football great over all these decades uh, for so many years.
1: Absolutely. Now, Mitch, I'm wondering what else can BYU fans maybe expect with the rest of the schedule. Who else are they maybe going to see? Um, once this, uh, once Tom Hole was able to work his magic, are we going to see some Mountain West schools, some independents, maybe some home and homes with teams like New Mexico State and Liberty?
2: Yeah, I really think the Mountain West is the element here that I think will be very interesting. I, I expect the Mountain West Conference uh, to allow some of their teams to play BYU, and you know we've talked about it off the air, guys. But I think you know that conference only plus one model. I think we could see that in the SEC, and that's what might be allowing BYU and Alabama to potentially square off uh, possibly BYU and Texas A&M, but also Mountain West teams as well. Uh, Just because geographically it makes a ton of sense and financially, hey, BYU might have the the money necessary to maybe do a pay, uh, a buy game to bring a program in the Mountain West conference out to Provo and make that thing work and put it on an ESPN or an ESPN2 or ESPNU, whatever it may be. So, Uh, I think the Mount West Conference is an element that's kind of getting overlooked a bit because I think it's well documented with the tension between those two sides, but there's no bad blood on BYU's side. I think it's the Mount West Conference has got to realize, hey, let's get a football season off the ground and make this thing work. And then I think, lastly, I think with the independent programs, Liberty, I would definitely expect them to be on the schedule because... Uh, financially they got the money necessary and I think they're looking at COVID-19 as one of those conspiracy theorists and saying this isn't real we're going to just play in front of COVID-19 and and tackle it head-on I I could see that coming out of Liberty but uh, you know maybe some of the other independents though they might financially not be able to pull off the testing and the cross-country travel if in fact they were to play BYU so I'm looking at UConn and UMass but an Army might be a situation where they're saying, is this worth spending government dollars to be traveling across the country for pretty much meaningless games? So I would expect Liberty to be on the schedule out of those independents. And I, and I hope, guys, that BYU can somehow get Notre Dame on the schedule. Just because the Irish do owe BYU a, a trip to Provo, one game, uh, it would make so much sense on that November 28th date between that was supposed to be BYU and Stanford the Cougars, and Irish to square off in the true Holy War and see that happen in Provo. But uh, we can't get too gritty. We just want to hope to see a football season. Am I right?
0: Mitch, that's a great segue because I wanted to ask you this one question. You mentioned Notre Dame, the other independent that owes BYU a game. There's a rumor, and I'm not going to say who I heard it from, there's a rumor that there are a couple Pac-12 schools trying to schedule a non-conference game. One of them being Stanford Notre Dame. How, if that comes to fruition, how much are BYU fans going to lose their minds?
2: Oh, they would be furious. Uh, you know, because I, I think a lot of BYU fans right now are just uh, very upset over the thought of not playing Utah. Now, I know Cougar fans. Some of them are probably like good riddance because they don't want to suffer the tenth loss. Others want that opportunity to continue the rivalry and keep it going. But I think if that does happen. It'll just make people upset about the Pac-12 Conference bending over backwards for Notre Dame, a program that geographically is nowhere near their footprint in the Pac-12 Conference. And BYU can follow the same testing protocols as well, just like the Irish. Why would you not bend over backwards to let Utah and BYU happen? So, yeah, Cougar fans would be upset, and I think rightfully so, and they should, if that did in fact happen, because it makes no sense to make an exception for a program that's out in Indiana to potentially travel to the coast, or, or go to, or have a team from the Bay Area go out to Notre Dame, it doesn't make sense. Uh, especially when you got two programs that are out of conference, 45 miles apart in Utah, a state that's less impacted than the state of California. Uh, it would be by COVID-19. It would be uh, at BYU fans. I can already imagine the outrage on social media and the message board. It would not be good. But I'd pull out the popcorn and, and uh, enjoy every second of it if it did happen.
1: I think we all would, Mitch. Um, I, I think that uh, we would definitely do a great job of covering it at KSLSports.com. sports.com. Um, but just remind us, what are you up to? Like, what are you working on? Tell us where we can find your work, uh, digital, audio, whatever you got going on. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah. So right now, a lot of stuff on KSLSports.com. sports.com. I'm, I'm still rolling along. I'm getting to get a fire up still The position previews uh, this for the BYU football season because I'm going to, Try to remain somewhat optimistic that a football season will happen. We've had some interviews on Cougar Sports Saturday on KSL News Radio with players and coaches of each position group, but now I'm going to put it on uh, the written form on the digital site. So look forward to that, and then also to podcasts on Cougar Tracks and Cougar Sports Saturday. Always staying busy, uh, KSLSports.com, and and we got some plans too as well. If there isn't a football season, I mean, heck, I, I could be doing a lot more high school football, maybe some NFL. We'll we'll keep our options open here, but uh, I'm really hoping we see college football because especially now with seeing BYU and Bama thrown out there, I mean, I know Cougar fans just want to see that that game, that opportunity to measure yourself up against the best of the best in college football and truly see the progress that's happening uh, for BYU football under Kalani Satake because, you know, I was talking with Phil Steele last week and he was saying that this is the best, BYU football team Kalani Sataki's had since he's been the head coach. And remember, I mean, Kalani Sataki coached a team that had Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and Kainakua, and they won nine games. And if you're better than that team, I mean, that to me says at least nine wins, maybe ten uh, if you do play a full schedule. So improvement should happen this year. And if we can see the season take place and get a chance against Bama, that'd be a great setup for BYU football in 2020.
1: Well, thank you, Mitch. He's our uh, Cougar Sports Insider uh, for KSLSports.com. And again, you said he's got, as he said, he has two podcasts: uh, Cougar Sports Saturday and Cougar Tracks. You can catch him again on KSLSports.com, covering the Cougars. The hashtag #GoCougs. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks.
2: Hey, no, no problem, guys. Happy as always to do it. Let me know if you need me again.
1: Absolutely, man. Thank you. All right. Thank you to Mitch Harper. Welcome back to the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. Um, Again, we are back from hiatus. Getting ready for all things sports, ramping back up. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do a little bit of a sports pop culture crossover right now. We're going to be talking Madden 2021. Yes. Um, The new Madden scores just came out this past weekend. And man, some good scores for some local players, dude. Dude, I'm excited. Yeah. You know, I I
0: feel like Utah doesn't get... Utah as the state doesn't get the clout that it deserves. Oh, I think, for sure. I think this year we were able to see a lot of Madden, Madden ratings reflect the quality of players that are coming out of out of the state. So, uh, yeah, Zach, let's get right into it and let's talk about um, some local guys. Um, and let's talk about why we think Utah State fans should care about this Madden rating system thing.
1: Yeah, so we got um, – I mean – Let's look at it. The top player in the state is Bobby Wagner. Absolutely. 98. Now, that's actually down a point from last year. Right. He He was was a 99 99 last year. got those gold cleats. Yeah. So, a little bit of disappointment there for Bobby (laughs) Wagner, but, like, he's still the best middle (laughs) linebacker in the league. So good. Dude, he's such a stud. He's on my favorite team. He's, like, the defensive anchor for one of the best defenses. Yeah. You know, we got a Super Bowl out of him. We got two trips to the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, a dominant performance against the Broncos. So um, he's yeah. still
0: in his peak too, which is oh really yeah, great.
1: like he still has like another like five or six years yeah, that he could play absolutely. if he really wants to. Like he's such a he's a stud man. I love I love Bobby Wagner. Right. Um, coming up after B Wags, we got um, uh, I think the next highest ranked player was uh, Fred Warner. Mm-hmm. He got an eighty seven. It's his third year in the league. Looking for his first uh, Pro Bowl appearance this year. It tripped to the Super Bowl last year as a second-year yeah. player with the 49ers. He had a great, great season. Like, he's really developed into a really special player. Um, man, I'm excited for Fred, man. Yeah,
0: he's on his way. He's uh, He obviously anchors the defense. He's a leader on the team. Um, and, you know, going to the Super Bowl, your second year doesn't hurt. So, uh, yeah, Fred's got a lot of ceiling left to climb for sure
1: yeah and so we're only touching on part of the players um so they the let me um pair or let me kind of set up like the parameters for this madden has not released rankings for guys that are free agents so guys like ziggy ansa um luke falk um i think those are the two main guys that really came to mind uh, Marcus Kemp, I believe, is a free agent right now. Yeah. Um, but we're going to go over just some of the top guys. Um, and then you can check out that full list on kslsports.com. Kyle Ireland put that together for us. Uh, so Bobby Wagner, 98. Fred Warner, 87. And then Kyle Van Oy, another BYU product, in 86. Mm-hmm. He's now with the Miami Dolphins. Um, big ups for Kyle Vanoy after, you know, like, he was kind of written off after his time in Detroit. Right. Um, revamped yeah. his game a little bit. Uh, kind of made a name for himself as part of that historically good New England uh, defense. And yeah. then he gets a chance to get paid, and he's going to go play in South Beach. Yeah. yeah. Things couldn't be better for Kyle Van Noy.
0: Yeah. He's got his Super Bowls. He's still got a lot of time left in the league. Like he's yeah. He's a spring chicken, right? Right. And he's going to South Beach to party and play football. Yeah. He's got it made, man. Good
1: for him. Where I'm very envious of him. Yeah. Uh, and then the highest-rated Utah player is actually Marcus Williams, safety with New Orleans Saints. He's an 85. So uh, that kind of rounds out those top players that we have. Um, let's move on, to though, to the top rookies, okay? Let's do it. Uh, top rookie, surprise, surprise, Jordan. Uh, or sorry, it's Jalen Johnson. He was a 73. Terrell Burgess, a 72. Then Jordan Love, a 71. Yeah. Um so those are all and then uh Zach Moss actually rounds out. He's the last um rookie to end up over 70. He got 70 even. So those are all the rookies uh that got 70s. Those are mostly guys that are expected to contribute pretty heavily. Absolutely. Um their first year obviously Jordan Love Won't because of what's going on with uh, who he's backing up, Aaron (laughs) Rodgers. But uh, like Jalen Johnson, Terrell Burgess, and Zach Moss, like we're gonna expect big things out of them this year, and their ratings are gonna go up. All great
0: players. I I have to say I'm I'm kind of surprised that Terrell Burgess was as high as as he was. I'm not saying it's it's not justified because he's a fantastic player. It's just interesting that like of all the Utah guys that his his is that high and um you know i i think he'll do great things jordan love obviously will get his shot some sometime in the near future he'll be right. groomed i mean he
1: just signed a fully guaranteed contract like yeah. he's getting ready to be the next quarterback for the packers
0: yeah and so uh, yeah a lot of a lot of great guys uh, i'm i'm excited to see them play for sure
1: now one of the most interesting ratings and i'm sure that people well maybe you won't be if you're a utah fan but a lot of byu fans will be interested to see where did taysom hill end up He got a 64, and this is kind of surprising because he was, like, the third fastest quarterback Mm -hmm. um, after, I think it was, so it was Lamar Jackson and then Kyler Murray and then, I believe, Taysom Hill. Mm -hmm. Um, He may have been fourth. Don't completely quote me on that. But he scored a 90 on speed, but, like, everything else, like, wasn't great. So he ended up with a 64 rating. Um, So, yeah, Superman got a 64.
0: I think it's, yeah, it's, it doesn't matter. Like, these all don't really matter because what you, what matters is getting a ring, right? Yeah. And, um, I think Taysom Hill will get a ring someday if he stays with the Saints because they're such a good team. Drew Brees is, okay. So if Drew Brees doesn't get canceled, here's another thing that happened over the quarantine. Um, yeah, if, if, if Drew Brees doesn't get canceled, man, that's, they're still a good squad. And so I think even if he gets a 64, he's going to get a ring
1: eventually. Yeah. I think. I think so, too. Um, anyway, we are going to take a, another quick break. And we have now joining the show Spencer Linton. He's our... Uh, KSL sports anchor, he wraps up that trio of JJ and Sam. He's our fill-in anchor, Mm -hmm. also the host of BYU Sports Nation. Uh, We're going to be back talking a little bit more BYU football. Obviously, this is a pretty interesting topic with BYU having five games dropped. So um, him being uh, uh, kind of behind the scenes a little bit with some of the stuff, um, having hit the connections that he does, Mm -hmm. we're going to talk to him about his perspective on what's going on and uh, we'll have him share his thoughts. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Beat After Hours podcast. We are joined now by, man, he holds so many titles, KSL sports anchor, host of BYU Sports Nation, BYU Sports Play-By-Play, Spencer Linton. Spencer, glad to have you with us, man.
3: Hey, it's good to be with you guys. You can add uh, neighborhood garbage, man, um, <laughs> anything else you'd like to my title as well. <laughs>
1: I like it, man. I like it. Well, hey, we're having you on today because we want to talk about the news that came out on Saturday about BYU football and Alabama football. Roll Tide. We want Bama. Uh, we are potentially going to see this matchup um, that, you know, you want to test yourself. Kwani Sataki's talked about wanting to test himself against the best teams in college football. Now it looks like he may have his chance.
3: Yeah, if it comes to fruition, and, you know, talking with you and with Hema, um, this isn't entirely out of the blue. You know, it didn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that when the Pac-12 was on conference only, that USC was going to lose non-conference games to open up the season with Alabama, scheduled for Jerry's World in uh, the Dallas area at Cowboys Stadium, and they were going to lose a non-conference game with Notre Dame. And it just so happens that that first week coincided with BYU losing – Utah in what was a very anticipated season opener in Salt Lake City. So you put two and two together and think, well, why not just have BYU play Alabama? And everyone will lose their eyes and think, yeah, right. Well, this is where it's big for ESPN to be in BYU's corner. ESPN wants to protect uh, protect their investment. And whether you want to argue about how much BYU football is worth, they're worth something And a lot of things to ESPN. So because ESPN is in BYU's corner, this is where the potential big-time matchup can come into play, Uh, whether it be with Alabama. I mean, last week Texas A&M was rumored. Oklahoma State has been rumored. The point is uh, the conferences that have not gone conference-only to this point are very interested in playing BYU because they too have lost out on games with the Big Ten and Pac-12 going conference only. So it's not entirely out the radar, but there, there is um, something majestic about the idea of playing what has largely been college football's top program in the dynasty over the last 10 years under Nick Saban.
0: I think that's absolutely right. In fact, I, I'm excited um... – for the Alabama matchup, mostly because um, it'll be, it's it's another opportunity for BYU to rise to the occasion, right? I I'm gonna be honest when I say I didn't think they had any shot against Wisconsin when BYU went and played at Wisconsin, but they pulled it off, and it was one of the funnest games I'd ever seen, and I and, and I'm excited and expecting that this matchup will be really similar to that.
3: Sure, and you know, I mean, the, the hard part about this one is. We are living in a world, the COVID-19 world, where realities change from one day to the next. Um, but while it is still uh, a likelihood that BYU and Alabama match up in week number one, um, you just never know. Like, what what is COVID-19 going to force? the college football and the NCAA world to do. Um, Hopefully it's not much more than it already has uh, impacted it, that uh, we can figure out a way to play these games, whether it be with no fans in the stands, you know, a few thousand fans in the stands, limited media. I don't know what it's going to be. But that's the important thing to remember here is even though Alabama and BYU could get to the point where they're like, okay, yes, we're going to play the game if the SEC decides to not go conference only where they do conference plus one um, and they're opting to play BYU in that non-conference game, um, and if uh, health and safety of the players and coaches and personnel are able to be upheld. So it's just the gears are constantly turning at all times and – So, I I mean, I want want to get excited. The the idea of BoA playing Alabama is so fun. Um, But then you start to think about everything else that has to line up and play. And where is this game going to be played? Is is the neutral site location totally off the board now? I'm guessing it is, but I don't know. We haven't heard. Um, If it's in Tuscaloosa, are they going to allow any fans into the stands? What what media are there? Or is it just strictly something that you can only stream – uh, on ESPN, and you know they'll they'll be pumping crowd noise into the broadcast, but there will be no fans in the stands. I I don't know, um, but I mean I'm assuming you guys are in my boat where it's just like hey, fans or not, media or not, just get the cameras rolling, play the game, figure out a way to keep the players as healthy as possible, and just make it happen. Um, so hopefully the reality we're dealing with in this moment is the reality tomorrow and for weeks to come. And, you know, if BYU has to lose the rivalry game against Utah, uh, I think it's uh, an easier pill to swallow if you end up playing Alabama to open the season.
1: Yeah, it definitely sweetens it a little bit. That, that sting really hurts um, from losing the rivalry game. But what a great opportunity for guys like Matt Bushman and Kairos Tonga. For their senior year, um, they decide to wait a year um, before declaring for the NFL draft to come back for their senior year, improve their stock, and then they get a chance to play against the best of the best. This is a pretty good reward uh, for staying the path and staying four years at BYU.
3: No question. And that's why Kyra Tonga takes to social media and says, we do not want the smoke. We will play anybody. Uh, they They are so hungry for just any opportunity to play against top-tier competition. And so when Utah and Michigan State and Arizona State and Minnesota and Stanford went off the board in a period of about 36 hours. You can imagine how defeated and how demoralized that guys like that were. Um, And so this is a drop in the right bucket of of optimism. Okay, hey, you know, give us Alabama – uh, try and work out something with Texas A&M, ESPN, help us just put together a schedule. And I'm I'm hoping that there is nine or at least nine or ten games. I, I know everyone's hopeful that, well, maybe there can be more, but honestly, if there were nine or ten games for BYU and they could add on a couple of power fives uh, from these conferences that, that opt to not go conference only, then you're rewarding those senior players. And I think about Devontae Henry-Cole, too, who transfers from Utah, and I just want him to have that opportunity. You know, he's coming to Provo. He's got some things to prove clearly. So disappointing he doesn't get to play against his former team. But, you know, you can sweeten the deal if uh, you can add an SEC team, a Big 12 team, and and see what else ESPN conference, if you will, for BYU can, can put together. So I'm with you there. I'm just super stoked that the seniors um, are now having – something go in the right direction and my fingers crossed i mean prayers that they just have a chance to show what they can do
0: i think you're absolutely right i was also looking forward to see what uh henry cole was would be able to do um now kind of to switch gears a little bit i wanted to know what your reaction would be you mentioned Stanford, and it's devastating BYU losing that uh, – Stan- well, devastating is probably too strong a word. But it's, it's not great that BYU dropped their Stanford uh, matchup because of the, uh, the Pac-12 going conference only. What would your reaction be, and what do you foresee BYU Nation's reactions would be if Stanford tried to pursue an outside-of-conference game and to keep it on the schedule? And what if that game was Stanford-Notre Dame?
3: Yeah, that would definitely throw um, some raw emotions into the mix for sure because at what point can one school supersede a a decision that's been made by the entire conference? And and does the conference allow other schools then to pursue a game outside of league play that is in the other team's best interest? Because if that happens, you can imagine the fallout that would happen from teams like – BYU and even USC who is uh saying, Well, why is Stanford get to play Notre Dame? We want to play Notre Dame. We've got a longer tradition, relatively speaking, with the uh, USC and Notre Dame than Stanford has with them. There's more history there. So I think it would just cause a lot of uproar. Um, unless the conference kind of backtracks and says, All right, you know, we want conference only. But things are a little bit better, so we're going to allow some of these uh, traditional rivalries to continue with these contingencies in place and these testing protocols. But, I mean, once you've gone conference only, it's hard to to, um, open that net up wider (laughs) because you've burned some bridges. And let's not forget that the Pac-12 and the Big Ten, they pulled the plug on non-conference really before – all five of the power five conferences had a chance to teleconference together and meet with all of this. So this was not done in like one big happy family movement of the power five conferences. There are severely differing opinions here. Um, And so if Stanford gets that opportunity, I just see a lot of backlash, um, a, a lot of fallout for the pac conference as a whole, not sticking to their guns. And if you're ultimately going to allow them to do that, why did you why did you call this conference-only parameter so early and not just say, hey, let's consider a plus-one format, a conference plus-one, just to leave the door open? Because um, it's, it's going to be really difficult if Stanford can pull something off like that uh, to handle all of the backlash and potential lawsuits that could come from other schools that have had those contracts just blow up in their in their faces. So what, what makes Notre Dame and Stanford uh, exclusive where a team like USC is now looking at the same scenario and saying, well, we wanted to play Alabama and we wanted to play Notre Dame. Like, what, what is that all about? So, I mean, you bring up a fantastic point, but, you know, it, it's, there are so many levels to this. And then just let's throw this on the table, guys. Um, what happens uh, if a conference-only season happens with the pac 12 and the Big Ten and they get to the end and they have a Pac-12 champion and there's a Big Ten champion, and then they say to the college football playoff, hey, we've got our representatives, um, you know, look at their body of work and include them potentially in the college football playoff. At that point, does the committee say, well, now you want to play non-conference teams because there's huge money on the table? you should have thought about that before you decided to go conference only. Like you, you feel like all of a sudden, Oh, now it's convenient and the money is convenient. So we're going to pull off the conference only parameter and we'll allow our conference champion to play a non-conference game in a big money format. It just, there are so many levels here um, that we are approaching. And honestly, as much of a train wreck as it might be, I'm kind of fascinated by it because I feel like every day it's going to present something super, super unique.
1: For sure. I mean, we might as well get some some sort of football, some sort of entertainment. Like, that's the important thing, even if it is this conference-only stuff. Um, as long as we get some sort of football and then BYU's able to play a schedule that's competitive um, and fans can enjoy some wins, that's what really matters. And as long as everyone stays healthy, too, of course.
3: Yeah, health and safety are are the number one priority. And it's just what's so funny is every government, every state government, every county within a state for that matter. I mean, you just look at the differences between Salt Lake County and Utah County, which are in some places a stone's throw from each other, and how different the approaches are there. Like it it just – everything is so dependent on – local governments and what they're going to allow and if they're green level or orange level or red level um and then that's also going to come into play here of are there going to be fans of this game maybe because it's played in a state that has opened up but then you know utah travels to california for a game against usc or stanford or ucla and things are mostly shut down so does that game have to be moved to Salt Lake City where it's more open? Or will it be played in California with no fans? And, and like, There's so many fluid parts to all of this. Um, but if we want football badly enough, and I think we do, they're going to figure out a way for the games to be played and uh, the fans, whether they are there and they're lucky few of the lucky thousand that are watching in person or everyone's just watching at home. Like it just, that that's how it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, but we'll keep our fingers crossed and, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get to that bridge when we cross it. So
0: hoping for the best. For yeah.
1: Sure. Yeah. Anyway, well, thank you, Spencer, for joining us and, uh, enjoy the rest of your day and, uh, good luck with everything. I know you've got a stressful couple of days coming up, so I uh, just want to wish you luck with everything and, uh, we uh, we uh, appreciate your time.
3: Hey, no problem. I want the smoke, man. I want the smoke, whether it's from Alabama. I want the smoke of uh, moving houses. And I want the smoke of being on Beat After Hours podcast, baby. Let's go.
1: I love it, man. Hey, thank <laughs> you. Awesome. Have a good one, man. Thank you again to Spencer. He's our guy. Always love talking to Spence. Good, good, dude. Um, I actually get to hang out with him on Friday. Nice. But you're going to be out of town, so you yeah, do that. But...
0: I'm going to be heading to Colorado.
1: Yeah. Yeah. we're going to feature some of those conversations. You're going to go out and see your parents. Yeah. You're going to talk to your dad, and we're going to feature that conversation with hey Heimuli on part two of this Sportsbeat After Hours Returns episode. Um, but speaking of dads, mm-hmm. Hema... You became a dad during the quarantine. I did. So. Again. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> again. Let's start by. uh Let's talk quarantine. What we've been up to. Let's do our quarantine in 60 seconds. Okay? Let's go. So I'm going to time you. I want you to tell me everything you've been up to. Okay. <clears throat> since quarantine started. Ready. Set. Go. All
0: right. So uh, during quarantine, I turned 33 years old. I'm now 33 years, three months, 20 days old. I am in what I like to call my uh, Jesus year. I had a baby girl, number three of my kids. I cur- so I currently have a five-year-old, a uh, two-year-old, and a four-month-old. She's four months old, okay. my baby girl. Okay. Uh, let's see what else happened. You got uh,
1: 35 seconds. Ah!
0: Okay. Uh, I finished my half-sleeve tattoo, at Frost City tattoo. Shouts to Fred Frost and Lala Ellsworth, who we'll talk talk to you a little bit later. Uh, my oldest turned five. He's going to go to kindergarten this year. I got a new pet, a black cat, and we called him Forty seconds. Uh, I finished my backyard and my front yard by doing the landscaping, sprinkler system, blah, blah, blah. That stuff really sucked. Um, like I mentioned, I'm going to Colorado. My parents officially moved to Colorado. Ten. And uh, yeah, I didn't get the COVID. I haven't been tested, but I'm pretty sure I don't have it. Five.
1: Whew. Three, two, one. Okay, okay. perfect. Yeah. You have been up to a lot, man. That's that's quite a bit. Yeah.
0: I feel like quarantine was longer, but having read this in whatever seconds, I, it doesn't seem that
1: long. Oh, I'm sure that there's so much that we forgot about. Yeah. For sure. Um, okay. Okay. So your turn? Yes, my turn. Me?
0: So, okay. Let me get my clocks. Do you have your clock already? Yeah, so, I got it. Okay.
1: Okay. I'll start myself. Ready, set, go. Okay. So, I was down in Las Vegas when this all happened. So, <laughs> I literally saw the end of the sports world. I covered the last local sporting event. Um, after that, man, uh, my wife and I both celebrated birthdays. We celebrated our sixth anniversary. I turned 26. Um, my uh son is now 18 months old still have one son um uh don't have any other kids uh we finished our basement um and so uh that was a huge project i did 85 of the work um everything except for the uh mudding and taping for the drywall and Dang. the carpet and the plumbing um i got 20 seconds uh let's see what else did i do um uh I cleaned out my garage today. <laughs> um uh we are in the process of buying a new home. Dude, that's huge. Um yeah, we're really excited for that. Uh so we're gonna be moving again after just a year. Um and I think that's everything that happened to me. I watched a lot of movies.
0: Oh man. No one watches a movies like you watch movies. You yeah, like really get it done. Like yeah. I feel like you're so good at if you start a movie, you're gonna finish it. Whereas oh, yeah. like I'll just forget, dude, and I'll yeah. just not pick it back up for yeah. another, like, month or so.
1: Yeah. Um, what else? Oh, I guess one more thing. I lost a bunch of weight during quarantine, and, like, it <laughs> started before. Like, I started, so I was doing, like, and I think we talked about it a little bit on the podcast before we came back, but we, uh, me and my dad and my brother did, like, a weight loss contest, I ended up losing, I believe, 33 pounds. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. Um and I felt pretty good about it. And I've kind of r- relaxed a little bit in the time. So I was like working out in my unfinished basement. Yeah. And while I was finishing the basement, like I put like all my exercise equipment away because I didn't want it to like get wrecked. Right. Um, and so I kind of got out of that routine a little bit. Um, and so I'm getting back into it, but I'm having a hard time like being having that same consistency. Like I was very good about like working out like every single day. But, like, I've still been, like, kind of, like, working on, like, projects around the house. Yeah. And so, like, um, I'll, like, do something and then I'll be like, oh, crap, I ran out of time to work out. So, um, yeah, what else? I read a bunch of books. Now, I should have written all this down. Like, I'm learning Spanish. Dude, I read a awesome. bunch of books. Um, I got a new smoker, so I've been, like, smoking a bunch of food. Um, sold some stuff on KSL. Bro,
0: I got a. I just got a griddle too. Yeah, Blocks dude. I,
1: I'm surprised dude. that's not the first thing you brought up because, like, that's your pride and joy. Dude, it's
0: been fun. Yeah, like, so you got a new smoker. I got a new griddle, dude. Cooking's been good. It's been yeah. a nice release during the stresses of like trying to figure out something to talk about.
1: Yeah, like it's been it's been pretty nice. Like that's kind of like my escape on like what are our quote unquote weekends. So, like my days off are Mondays and Tuesdays. And I try and, like, do, like, one s- smaller smoke, so, like, something that's, like, under an hour on, mm-hmm. like, one of those days, and then, like, a longer smoke on the other day. So, like, last week I did ribs, and they Oof. turned out awesome. That's like, awesome. I was so happy with, like, because every time I've made ribs before on yeah. a smoker, um, like, on my old one, I always ruined my ribs. I <laughs> always ruined them. Like, I always, like, overcooked them or, like, it was always a problem when I would wrap them, yeah. the barbecue sauce would burn. And so the ribs just would always turn out like super, like a thick bark that was like unpleasant to like bite into. And like I always struggled for some reason with like removing the membrane.
0: Oh, yeah. yeah.
1: And so like finally, like this time, like I figured out how to remove the membrane. I was like, this is a sign. Things are going to go right this time. And they, and they did. did, and like I was way happy with them. Like I ate them for like leftovers for like two days in a row, and oh. I was like, "Man, these are good."
0: But you also did like a dry rub instead of a sauce. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. So I've been like super into like rubs lately. Like as I like when I've been smoking, like, I'm really into like meat church.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, I've yeah. heard of that. I've seen. I mean, I see the ads all the time. It's because my phone listens to me when I'm talking with you, right? But uh, yeah, I haven't tried it yet.
1: Yeah. Okay. Speaking. Of, I'm glad you brought this up. Um, speaking of, like, targeted ads. Yeah. So I mentioned that I am trying to learn how to speak Spanish. So I yeah. am, I've downloaded the app, Duolingo. I think I'm on, like, day 9 or 10. Oh, good. And so I've... Got I, a streak going. Yeah, I've got a streak going. I feel pretty confident in, like... If I needed to like ask like basic directions to like find like a specific building like a bank or a hotel or G. something yeah. like that, I could do it. Cool. Uh a museo, a museum. Yeah. Um I could order like very like basic things like off the menu like uh hamburguesa, S- sandwiches con con queso <laughs> like so I need like a hamburger with cheese. Yeah. Or like uh, you you like you were listening to me like practice like during my break today and it was like un sandwich de queso, (laughs) so, like, a cheese sandwich, Um, and so, yeah, like, I feel, like, confident with, like, some of the basic stuff, but anyway, um, I got an ad today, Uh, I'm, so, I'm looking at buying a truck, and the reason why is, like, we're getting ready to move, and, like, with this whole project, like, finishing our basement, like, right. I was transporting stuff in my Mazda 3, which is, like, a hatchback. But, like, if you ever seen, like, pictures of, like, people, like, sticking, like, a 12-foot board, like, out their front window and it's, like, sticking through the trunk? (laughs) That was me several times on several trips to Home Depot. And so um, my wife and I basically talked and we're like, okay, we're going to have, like, you know, like, once we move, like, we're going to have to, like, do our yard. We're going to do fencing. Like, my wife, like, wants to, like, build, like, a, like... Um, garden boxes. So I was like, we're going to have like all these projects going on. I feel like I'm kind of like in the stage of life where I need a truck. And so I've been looking at trucks. And so I got a truck advertisement today in Spanish. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I
0: did not see that coming. That's great. That's fantastic. That is nuts, huh?
1: (laughs) So I was like, oh my gosh, like my phone is listening to me. It's real, Freaked me out, man. Freaked me out. But anyway. uh, Um, Meat church and Spanish trucks. Yeah. That's dope. Yeah, meat, church, and Spanish trucks like that. Those are like the targeted ads that I'm getting. That and uh, I've been looking at like cutting boards, like a big nice cutting board. Because like I only have like cheap dinky little plastic ones. Yeah, that are like like fourteen by two or like twelve by eight or something. Like they're just not big. I want like a big like twenty four by like sixteen inch one that like I could put like a big like piece of meat on and like slice it up. You know, rather than
0: do the salt bay thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah,
0: dude, that, that's like, that's similar to like, cause I, we've talked about this too. Like I'm thinking about getting my MBA or whatever and going yeah. back to school. Yeah. I've, I see MBA like ads. All oh the really? Time. Yeah. That's on pretty my funny. Social media.
1: The David Eccles like, school of business. Yeah. Just ran online program. All these schools. Yeah. That's hilarious. Um, man. Yeah. So I think, um, with quarantine, like we've really, not that we weren't parenting before, but like yeah we're at home a lot more because like we don't have like anywhere else that we're going like we didn't go to we haven't gone to the nba playoffs obviously we won't be going to the bubble um we didn't go to like um the ncaa tournament <sighs> there's been a yeah. lot of canceled events um we like fortunately for us well fortunately unfortunately like we basically work a lot of overtime like year round yeah because like, there's the always time that we don't is like um, like, there's this weird pocket, like, the end of June, early July, where, like, right, nothing's mid-summer. really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, like, we kind of see our hours slow down. But, like, with this, like, we're definitely, like, I don't know about you, but, like, my hours have, like, gone back drastically just because there's, like, not much Same. to do around um, the office. We're starting to see that kick up a little bit, obviously, as sports return. But, um, yeah, it's been kind of, like, we're spending a lot more time at home. And so we've had like a lot of time to like stew over some dad advice, And Let's so go. I think we need to bring back some dad vice and Hema, what is going on with you? Like what's going on with your family of five? <clears throat> okay. So this is, this is the crazy part, right? Dad vice. Um,
0: I'm in between, I'm in the stage where you go from two to three kids, right? Mm-hmm. So,
1: so you're, you're not playing man to man anymore. You're playing zone. exactly
0: the 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 changes are twofold, right? There's that the coverage. We need to adjust our coverage. We need to make some second half adjustments, right? Um, but the second, not as foreseen change that's been happening is my youngest daughter as now a middle child. Oh and yeah, that is hard. That's a that's a whole different beast. Is like, she
1: having a hard time with it?
0: I think they all are. Okay. But I think she's noticed the biggest dip in attention levels. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, but I'm fortunate that, like, my middle daughter, her name is Hazel. She's very sweet and very um, empathetic. Like, she, she can sense that things are happening. So, like, she'll notice that, like, my uh, attention's kind of dipped, but it's because I'm freaking out over the, the baby, the youngest yeah. one. Right. And, but so she tries to be like, you know, patient and you know, she's, she's just, if she wasn't the middle child, I don't know how it would be able to do this right. stuff, dude. It, it's been crazy. Um, so my dad advice is to not have three kids. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, it's just, uh, I don't know. I've noticed that. Okay. This is my real dad advice. This is the dad advice. Um, during quarantine, most people um, probably have felt this also, where things are a lot more stressful because you're home more, like you mm-hmm. said. Um, you kind of run out of things to do with your kids. You can't take your kids to the park, and you, like you couldn't for a while. They don't have school. They don't have sports. Everything's been canceled, so it mm-hmm. kind of sucks. What helps me is, it, um, is to remember that you know patience, they say patience is a virtue, but yeah. it's one of the virtues that – is like an earned virtue. Right. You know? So it's like, if you want to become a more patient parent and like a more patient person, then you got to do hard things like, you know, grinding, listening to your three kids scream. all day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so if, if you have a crappy day and you're like, I don't know if I'm being patient or as good as I normally am, just because you think that you are, because mm-hmm. you're practicing your patience. And right. so that'll, hopefully that'll help, you know, any of those other parents out there that are having a hard time with all their kids. Yeah. To like, remember like at the end of the day when you're like, oh, I don't know if I was a good parent. Just having that presence of mind means you're practicing your patience. Yeah. And you are in turn becoming a better parent.
1: I like that. In, in that sense. That's something that um, I definitely got to keep in mind. Like I've had a hard time with patience during this and I just have one kid, but he's like in that. Um, so he, he's, I think 20 months old now. He's in a very interesting, Mm. um, kind of, kind of period in his life where, um, you know, he's like learning to be more independent.
0: Yeah. It's discovery. Like, yeah.
1: So it's like the discovery thing. And like, he's communicating better with us and like, you know, he like can ask for certain things, Uh but like, Sometimes, like, when he tries to do stuff himself, like, he just makes, like, a total mess and, like, ruins stuff. And so it's, like, having that patience or, like, sometimes, like, he doesn't know. Like, when he gets angry, like, he gets upset and he'll, like, you know, like, fling himself down, like. Oh, yeah. On the floor and just kind of, like, throw a temper tantrum. For example, I got a text from my wife today. I think Hayes just broke my nose. And I'm, like, <laughs> what the heck just happened? Apparently, like, they were sitting on the couch. And he loves to watch Baby Einstein. Okay. Like he likes to look at the animals and the animal puppets and stuff like that and listen to the music. And the episode finished and he wanted to watch another. So he went to go grab the remote. It, uh-huh. Like he, you know, we'll know, you know, when the shit episode's over, you have to grab the remote to turn on the next episode. Yeah. So he grabbed it to pass to my wife and my wife took it and put it down and said, no more. And he just smacked his head back and smacked my mm. wife like right on the nose yeah. with the back of his head. Yeah. And she was, like, still hurt, and I, like, talked to her, like, several hours later. She was still hurting. Like, she was pretty (laughs) not happy. But um, one of the things that, uh, you know, as frustrating as that can be um, and, like, as easy as as it is sometimes, especially with, like, everything – like, you can't go – like. For a long time, like, we couldn't take him to the park, couldn't take him to the zoo, like, couldn't take him to go do stuff. Like, there's nothing my son loves more than, like, going to the store and just, like, being pushed around in a cart. Like, he loves that. And you just can't really do it. And so, you know, sometimes there are just, like, some days where it's so hard, like, he's throwing temper tantrums. Like, it's easy to just go and turn on the TV yeah, and just camp him out in front of the TV. But, like, man, like... I've come to the realization, like, with all, like, how fast he's growing, like, that's missing out, like, on precious time Mm. that you're not going to get back. Like, how much is he going to remember, like, oh, my dad used to let me watch Baby Einstein all the time while mom was at work, rather than, oh, you know, I remember my dad used to, like, play basketball with me when I was little, or, like, we would, like, he'd read books with me, or, like, we'd go out and play chalk, like, in the front yard, and so just Trying to be a do better about like making sure that like he stays active and like making memories mm. and I'm I know he's only one and he's not going to remember everything but like it's part of the reason that we're actually like moving is just because like this was so hard at the beginning and my son loves to play outside yeah and we're in a town home and he just like he literally can't go outside and play because we don't have right. like a a private backyard and we don't have like if he were to go out in the front yard like we have a small like ten by 12 patch of grass right but like we're right across the street from a park that's like taped off and he can't go over there and he just you know Mm -hmm. wasn't old enough to understand why yeah and so that was part of the thing that was like kind of hard and we had to make a really hard decision to move again yeah and so going through that process again but like yeah just making sure that you're present there for them and you know some days it, it is okay to you know just hang out and watch tv but like yeah. just try and make memories with them and be fun and you know like develop that bond in that relationship and like i've kind of felt that like i've been pretty fortunate like during quarantine like i feel like my son and i have like grown a lot closer and like he'll ask my wife like "Dad, da like before right. bed and so that means like he wants to facetime me before he goes to bed or yeah. like so it's been kind of cool and like having him communicate with me like that's you know cool. like he'll tell me like i want a waffle <laughs> so he'll say like waffle and yeah. so like that means that he wants a waffle for breakfast like right. I know what he wants for breakfast on a given day but at the same time like you know his independence can get frustrating so like if I leave like the pantry door open yeah. he knows where the the uh, graham cracker bears are Yeah, and so he'll go in there and like the other day he dumped out a whole box of graham cracker bears on the floor and then yeah. was smashing them and stuff it's it's frustrating. <laughs> yeah. Know, sure.
0: I think, uh, you know, this – what you were talking about just reminded me of, like, the whole – parenting really is all this – it's this balance between, like, do you live in the now or do you plan for the future? Yeah. It's it's the suckiest part of being an adult, right? It's right. like, um, you know, when you're planning for the future, when you're actively doing something that affects your future, you're like, God, I really should just be in the present. Yeah. Right? And then while you're watching Little Einsteins, you're like – Dude, I should probably set these things out so they can have them ready for tomorrow, right? Or whatever, you know. Yeah. And I've discovered that you will never like really be happy because when you're doing one thing, you're thinking about the other, right? And what what I think, and I don't know, I could be wrong. If you people out there have kids too, like, tell us what you think. Um, your kids will, your kids are a lot more forgiving than you give them credit for. I, I think, think so. Yeah. And so, like, even if you're like dude, I really should take him to go look for bugs instead of watching yeah. TV.
1: Yeah.
0: He might remember a TV show and be like, oh, that's a good memory. Cause I yeah. remember I used to be with my dad. Yeah. Doing it. So like, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's the bad part of being an adult. It's like, you never feel like you're doing quite enough. Um, cause when you're in the present, you're like, oh, I should really be preparing for this thing. Right. When you're preparing for something, you're like, oh, I should really live in the moment. But, you're always gonna be thinking about that stuff and so I think I think you're a good parent and
1: it's just I think like, you're a good parent too Emma oh I don't think we give each other <laughs> I don't think we give ourselves enough credit
0: yeah that's that's exactly what it is parenting's yeah. hard man
1: oh yeah and
0: if if anyone deserves a break it's you you know yeah so
1: like there's just so many days that like you just feel so defeated and I feel like I feel like you feel like you're I feel like collectively parents have felt like they're taking more losses. And that's just coming from communicating, talking to people, like, you know, talking to our coworkers, like, like the homeschooling was really rough. Oh, yeah. Not having sports for their kids. Those who have older kids, like, was really rough. Not being able to go and see family. Like, man, we went, um, we went from March 11th until Mother's Day without seeing my parents.
0: That's like a month
1: and a half. It was two half. months. Two months, yeah. Because I think Mother's Day was like the 12th or something like that. Mm. And so we've seen my parents periodically since. Um, Like we always like go over and like hang out in the backyard and like socially distance. You know, yeah. we're always doing it very safely. But like, man, like those two months were really rough for like my son and like my parents were really sad. Like because they love to see, like, their grandkids. Like, he's the only grandkid, and, like, we're fairly close. Like, my, I live in Lehigh. My parents live in Pleasant Grove. But, yeah. like, man, that distance of just, like, not seeing each other. And, like, the only people that we saw um, outside of, like, our immediate family were, like, my wife's sister and her husband because they live in the same neighborhood as us. Right. And so, like, they – and they weren't going anywhere, like – they basically were just coming over to our home anytime that they left mm-hmm. their home, and so, yeah, like just thinking about like everything that like we've been through collectively the last several months, like man, it was tough. Yeah, like, it was really really tough. And
0: it's crazy to think about too that it's like it, it, it's only been like for like a four or five months right depending on when you started four or five months
1: has been the longest four or five years Yeah. yeah and it's
0: like dude it could realistically like worst case scenario this we're in this for another six months you know yeah and uh i think it i think it's i think these first few months of the covid thing have sucked because we were like punched in the face and like didn't know what was going on yeah we don't know what to believe like where to go what we're doing yeah But I feel like, as a whole, we're all kind of settled in. We're like, okay, we know what this is now. We know how to cope with it. And so, you know, knock on wood that, you know, we don't have to endure this stuff much longer. But I think people can take comfort in knowing that, like,
1: we got this.
0: We can handle it. I think it'll be better.
1: You heard that, everybody. We got this. Boom. Encourage others to just let's do our part. Let's do what we can to help others you know and that's not just like wearing a mask in public like definitely like go and do that but like if you have family members who you feel like are struggling like reach out to them like do yeah. something nice for someone else that's our challenge this week mm-hmm. go out and do something nice to, for someone else whether it's you know like dropping off some chip cookies just going and saying hi or like you know, pick a random person in your neighborhood that you haven't, like, met before. And, like, do something nice for them. Yep. Um, stop by that lemonade stand on your way home from work, you know? <laughs> for sure. Or, like, when you're out on a family walk. Like, wave to your neighbors. Like, just be friendly. Because, like, it's been really hard. And not just, like, the coronavirus, but, like, everything going on in the country. Like, we didn't even touch on the social justice stuff. Yeah. But it's been really hard. Um, and so, um, yeah, just... Do your part to be better encourage others to be better. And uh, I think we'll get through this together. We'll get through this together. But, um, yeah, I think that's everything we got for today's episode. Uh, It was good to be back in the studio, Hema. Yeah. Um, I'm excited to be back again next week um, talking some more NBA hoops. We got baseball back. Man, it's going to be a good week. It's good to have sports back.
0: Yep, it'll be fun. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening to Sportsbeat After Hours. I am Hemi Mooley Jr. He is Zachary Hicken. We'll catch you on the next section of this
1: podcast. Good night, everybody.